Hi, this is Randy from the Biggest Geekest podcast. Uh, been listening to your first about two and a half episodes. I wanted to call in and say that I really enjoyed the show. You guys are uh, very fun to listen to. Uh, you're doing something near and dear to my heart, trying to build this RPG. I've been thinking about it nine, forty years, haven't done it, and I can't see what beast you can't wait to see what beast you guys create. Uh, to be honest with you, I mostly am not in line with anything you guys suggest at all. But I do think your suggestions are, are well thought out, and it's going to be very fun to see what, what you guys end up with. So it just proves you don't have to agree with everybody to enjoy their uh what they have to say so you guys keep on keeping on and i'll keep listening take care hello and uh welcome to the 10th episode of the frankenstein's rpg podcast thank you for your support uh, and for downloading us please do keep the feedback coming even if it is just uh, the old rage tweet uh brackets laugh here uh, so, this episode contains a couple of things we've not had before. Voice messages and iTunes reviews. You'll hear the voice messages in the pub. And a big thank you to Jason and then Randy from the Biggest Geekers podcast uh, for leaving us messages. Apologies, it's taken so long to broadcast them. But uh, really, really grateful. Thank you. So, this episode uh, looks at scenario and advancement uh, for the players. Uh, another episode that goes in, well, unexpected directions. I absolutely play to type and continue to champion the uh, lost cause, uh, or, or, or in fact, this time, do I? Hmm. There is uh, some flagrant plugging of games and uh, one completely unexpected fanboying episode uh, within the episode two, so also a first. Uh, this time I'm joined by the uh, inimitable uh, Tamsin. Uh, Graham Spearing and Sam Vale make their debuts, and we welcome back uh, Dirk from the uh, Grodnar Files. A wonderful panel, I'm sure you'll agree. So t tradition obliges me to give you the usual warning, uh, Traveller fans. Uh, they really are just jokes, and any outright hostility expressed for other games, I am not in any way responsible for, except 13th Age. We have received a number of uh, iTunes uh, reviews, and um, I won't read out every single one, but from Bonamy Games uh, in the UK, uh, com uh, titled Compelling Silliness for TTRPG Fans, an impossible ship with an improbable crew being steered towards the silliest of destinations by the most genial and gentlemanly of captains. <laughs> the whole concept is utterly ridiculous, which is probably why it works. A great choice for role players of a certain age who like pointlessly shouting their opinions at their podcast listening device of choice on a Sunday afternoon. Thank you very much. Uh, another one uh, from Drew uh, at Drew BK. Great listening. This is a pretty geeky podcast for fans of RPGs. In-depth discussion and debate of different aspects of RPGs. The host and guests are very knowledgeable <laughs> oh dear, and humorous. Definitely recommended. Thank you very much indeed, at Drew BK. And then finally from Elijah Roamingfoot. Made up name? Not sure. But Elijah Roamingfoot says, A Wonderful listen, great concept, enjoyed every episode to date and can't wait for the next release. Well, thank you, you poor deluded fool. Anyway, for those of us new to uh, the podcast, what's it all about? Each episode, we get a group of grognards together to look at the very best elements of role-playing games on a given theme or subject, debate a bit, waffle a lot more around the topic, and then vote on which games will contribute to our creation, the Frankenstein's monster of a game. 
So the idea is that once we've constructed this devilish entity, we will then play it and see if it all hangs together or indeed falls hopelessly apart at the seams. Again, thanks for all the participation via Twitter and obviously now uh, online reviews and voice messages. And I hope you enjoy it all again as we embark on this, the most odd of creative exercises. Yeah. Embarrassing for me, uh, unfortunately, because I picked a scenario that one of one of the people here is involved with. <gasps> oh. So. Oh. oh. What? In- intimately or...? You can all guess, but I'll I'll let you know in a a few minutes. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, hello and uh, welcome. This is episode 10 of uh, the Frankenstein's RPG podcast. Uh, Thank you very much for for downloading us and listening. Uh, In this episode, we're looking at scenario uh, and advancement for players within the game. Uh, a scenario that we can sort of begin to hang things around and maybe even it'll be the scenario that we play at uh, at Grogmeet, which is where we're planning on uh, where we, I say we, I mean me, I'm, I'm going to have to run it, uh, but hopefully that'll be good fun. And uh, without any sort of further ado, again, as usual, uh, joined by a fantastic panel of luminaries within the RPG community. Why are you all shaking your heads? It's, it's the truth. <laughs> so if I can ask you just to introduce yourself, uh, Graham. Hi there, I'm Graham. Um, I'm a gamer of 40 years, that doesn't make me wise. Um, and I hang about on Twitter, which I think is the only real reason I'm here. I don't shop a luminary. Um, I, I've written a few sort of gamey things and I, I do like to run sort of small micro conventions and create gaming spaces for people. That's kind of what I do. And how, how might we follow you on Twitter? What's your handle, Graham? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at G Spearing, S-P-E-A-R-I-N-G, G Spearing. Lovely. You'll just, find me there. Just so we know how, where to direct the hate mail. Absolutely. Just, it'll, it'll come, David, it'll come. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's a, a warning for Traveller fans already. Uh, Tamsin. Hi everyone, uh, it's Hamzen. I've been gaming for quite a while. Um, I have a, a gaming family. I've got a gaming dad, I've got gaming children, gaming siblings. It's just all gaming around here. Um, and I think I'm here because I am. I bring the wild cards and um, I've got some more this evening, so. <laughs> and, and on Twitter we are, you are? Uh, X Tamsin X on Twitter. Lovely. Thank you. Just so we know again. Uh, and again, as as Graham is uh, making his uh, debut, uh, Sam. Hello, everybody. Yes, I'm Sam Zero Vale on Twitter. Um, I basically just hang around on Twitter and stalk people. It's a it's a full life. It's a hobby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, and finally, we are joined by uh, podcasting royalty. In fact, um, Chris. Hi, I am uh, Chris, uh, otherwise known as Dirt the Dice from the Grognard Files podcast. I wouldn't call myself Rote or a Luminary. I can't be a Luminary. I'm sat in the dark, for one thing. Uh, it's, uh, and and, and uh, w- does that mean, uh, Sam, that the injunction is worn off? Because if you... Yes, you're safe today. Okay. Well, I can say then with safety uh, that my Twitter handle is at the Grognard File. Fantastic, thank you. 
perhaps sort of a podcasting dimness then maybe as opposed to luminary i i will certainly prove myself dim in this uh, next hour or so that's uh, that's my job thank you so uh we're looking at scenario now the, the purpose of this really was to sort of say okay how how what's Clearly, we've, we've ended up stitching this game uh, together. We've got to somehow play it. So what would be sort of the best example of, uh, of scenarios that, uh, that obviously occur to you, the, uh, the panel? Quite a few people on, on Twitter have, have named a lot of different ones. D&D scenarios fit sort of reasonably high. I'm not entirely sure whether there's, whether there's a reason for that. But I think it's, it's maybe that sort of rose-tinted spectacle kind of thing. So we'll see where we get to in this uh, in this episode. But uh, now, who would uh, who would like to go first? Uh, maybe one of our debutants, Sam. Do you think you might have yeah, a, have a crack first? Thank you. Yeah. Well, I had to think about this, and it's, it's difficult to get past a lot of the all-time classics, things like Enemy Within, uh, The Curse of Strahd, Temple of Elemental Evil, and even uh, the Great Pendragon campaign. Or maybe Borderlands for RuneQuest. It's difficult to get past all those classics, but you know, I'm thinking about classics from other games like Masks of Ni- Nihilothotep, uh, Pirates of Junax. Yep. Well, it, Dos- n- yeah. Not that one. We'll forget you I, I think you should make him do masks, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, the whole <laughs> for, for, actually, for, for being such a, a, a fan and a lover of Call of Cthulhu, I'm only just about to embark on Masks of Nihilothotep. Uh, which, to my eternal shame and damnation, I shall not be allowed back in the Cthulhu club. Uh, but okay, so sorry, Sam, we interrupted you there. Well, yeah, there's a lot of classics, and I think a lot of people have played these classics already. Um, you want something uh, that the GM uh, can cope with. Mm. It's not going to be too much because they're having to deal with this Frankenstein set of rules, which is going to be. A handful <laughs> slick. <laughs> so I went looking for something a little more different, a little different, something mm-hmm. uh, that not enough people have played really. So my pick is going to be a mini campaign from Wordplay Games called Time of the Wolves. Ooh. Uh, yeah, originally designed for uh, Age of Arthur system, and I think Graham may have had something to do with the, the thing. So from World Play Games, what what was it called again? Uh, Time of the Wolves. Time of uh, yeah. the Wolves, and this is where uh, with... Andy at Fectbook is hoping that this is some sort of Steve Bull Molyneux <laughs> inspired uh, scenario. No, no, okay. It's designed for Age of Arthur, obviously the Arthurian system, yeah. but I used it very successfully with Pendragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it features um, this action and adventure in uh, Northern Britain. Uh, clashes with marauding angles, um, some of which have supernatural abilities, which I'm not gonna mention. Uh, intrigue and politics, uh, interaction with those tricksy fae, mass battles, um, and encounters with cunning monsters. And at the end, you get to retrieve something which is, I'm not gonna ruin the story, but it's it's something quite important. Okay. Um, not only that, not only is this a great adventure, a little mini campaign made up of four uh, scenarios. Okay. Um, there's also a load of atmos- amazingly atmospheric colour plates in it, uh, which makes it well worth purchasing, especially on uh, your friendly um, PDF supplier. <laughs> uh, where it 
it's going quite cheap at the moment. <laughs> um, this is some really maps. Is this some sort of sales pitch that you've got going on here? Does someone get yeah. royalties? <laughs> does does if someone, someone on get this royalties? Call gets royalties? <laughs> then I think no. <laughs> At Listen, principle, this this is just about the most shameless. <laughs> now we, we've we've had Ian and Paul have been on promoting their various games, and I've got a feeling actually that uh, uh, that's Paul Mitchell and Paul Fricker did as well. Call of Cthulhu and Limit all over the place. Hero quest. Well, it'll, it'll all come out in the inquiry. I think. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. If Graham was going to be on. I wouldn't necessarily have picked that game, but I didn't know until tonight. So there you go. Graham, would you like to tell us more about this scenario that Sam's nominated? <laughs> not, not too much. And uh, I, I must stress, it's not my votable one. Um, it was, a, it was a hell of a lot of fun to write, and I wrote it with with Doctor Mitch. So. Um, and there are lots of links actually in this show in a way, because um, those fantastic color plates were created by Jason Bank, who did all the artwork for Liminal. And, uh, and, and if in and fact- is, Quite frankly, is a genius. He, he, and he gets better. He gets yeah, better. If you look at the work yeah, yeah. he's doing now, he was very early in his digital. He was just switching to digital at the time that we did um, Time of the Wolves and his work has gone from strength to strength. It's, it's amazing. And it was, it was a real privilege that he participated in that project. I had no money. I just went to him and said, I really like your stuff. <laughs> and he was a sweet guy. And he said, oh, go on. <laughs> Will you be my friend? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's not, uh, yeah. I, I, I've been terribly fanboyish about him and he, he's, he's humoured me very nicely, which is, which is always good. Because yeah. I thought it, 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 he, he, we'll have to get the the plates redone though, uh, because as you all know, uh, that the uh, the artist in residence for the Frankenstein's RPG podcast is actually John Hodgson. So we can't have Jason Benke's involvement. So as long as we can switch it with John Hodgson art, then I'm you know uh, I'm prepared to consider it. Obviously, but but the main problem, of course, is that Frankenstein system is not going to be set in. Northern Britain, is it? It's going to be said <laughs> over the wall or yeah. beyond the wall. Yeah, well, the ah, wall. now technically, you see, we don't know where What's it's set. That's 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 the thing. So it could be, yeah, it could be entirely okay. So, anything for for um, first time GMs, is this going to be a, a good scenario to go through? Do you think, or I think it is, I think it's easy, it's well written. Uh, <laughs> Graham, you might want to turn. <laughs> Your ears at this point. <laughs> it, it is simple to follow, um, and it gives you all the all the information you need. Yeah, fantastic. That's why I picked it. I'm of the wolves. All people should play it and buy it. <laughs> and I don't own a hardback or anything yet, Graham. So just in case. Okay, I'll, I'll send one your way. <laughs> dreadful, absolutely dreadful. Okay, well, in in that case, then. So it's Sam, obviously. Uh, time of the Wolves. So we will come to you then, Graham. Uh, you have to declare, have you written the uh, the thing you're about to nominate or? I have written um, a scenario in a similar vein, but not in the collection that I'm going to provide. This is outrageous. In, fa in fact, I've forgotten that I'd written something for. Well, I'll come to that in a moment because okay. I'll tell you what my votable one is, but I, I haven't written any of the scenarios that I'm That I'm you're about to. For that you're about to make money from. But okay. I, had a, I, had a, I had a kind of a rounded think about, about scenarios in general. 
and about what they might mean for the Frankenstein RPG, yeah. kind of where they fit and why we're why why we're focusing on them at all, kind of thing. Because obviously, um, I, I am actually a fan of them, partly because I do I just crib and steal ideas from them, and okay. I find them really really good. Um, there was always this thing, wasn't there, that you know, oh, I don't do scenarios. They 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 don't survive seconds, you know, in contact with the enemy, the players. The enemy players, <laughs> the players, you know. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that's really true. I mean, I think it depends how you run them and how you approach them. Um, yeah. So I, I usually find there's something useful I can take for them. Okay. Um, they say a scenario should ideally be sort of situations rather than tight plots. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mostly I like scenarios because they are the necessary show instead of the tell. So they're a way... They're a way of demonstrating what's important about the game. What is it you want? And in fact, sometimes I do have one or two games where the, the most basic question, what are player characters supposed to actually do in this game? Yeah. It's not always, I'm sorry, but just for some, just some games I have that it's not that obvious. It, but the, a scenario is a way of the publisher, in this case, I guess that's you, David, um, kind of just saying, this is this is kind of what I, I, I we kind of think player characters well one example of what they could be doing so I yeah. think they're really useful and as a consequence I actually think we should have a scenario in the Frankenstein RPG book you know I think actually oh. it should be in there as a component as part of the design okay. because it's telling it's it's showing you what player characters should be about and hopefully it's building on some of the themes in the game so it's if, kind uh, of yeah if, if, I, I, I'd like to lend my support to that because I do. I'm the kind of person that when I get a new television, I just take it out of the box and plug it in. I don't bother looking at the instructions. I want to see how it works, and I, I do. I agree with uh, Graham that that is what a good scenario does. It shows you mm-hmm. how the game works and how to apply it, and so you can visualize what it'd be like around the table. And the good ones do that, but there's very few good ones in rule books. Um, so this is your opportunity, Dr. Frankenstein, to create a good one. I'm, I'm becoming quite alarmed uh, that there's some idea that this is going to end up as being a physical thing, <laughs> other than some sort of <laughs> mental aberration. You know, it, this is, at the end, people should be going, did, did we dream it all? And Well, well, I, I'm also looking forward to the quick starter, because that's oh, yeah. the other thing that I think the you box. really should have. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I don't, um, I don't know about you guys. I'm actually now just obsessed with buying like the box set starters. I never go on to buy the rules because <laughs> the box set has got everything. It's got dice. I don't buy the. I don't know what, if this is a ploy, like kind of to get us in, but I now just buy those. I don't buy any well, rules anymore. Of, of course, the box set for this would just be a, a beautifully crafted John Hodgson artwork. Uh, Jason Benke can do the back cover if he wants to. Uh, it'll just be a, a series of uh, critical hit tables from Merp inside, and where you go. I think that's a rounded taste of the horror that is the Frankenstein <laughs> RPG. You know, you, you've, you've you've torn. Oh. And and it's got to have a metal dice that will put chunks out of your table and upset your other half. It's got to have one of those in it as well. And and a, a large A two poster of Anne Widdicombe. Uh, with Tom Bombadil on the other side. But anyway, so, so uh, well, if, if only we knew somebody who could write such a scenario, uh, <laughs> loosely Wolverhampton-based 
<laughs> Go on, Graham. Come on. What is it okay. okay, so what to vote on? So I, I mentioned in the <clears throat> mentioned just before we got going that uh, I've, I've played uh, uh, a lot of Fantasy D20, actually, as it happens in lockdown, something that I haven't done much of uh, mm. since about 81, 82, 83. And Paizo put together some of the most amazing uh, adventure paths, um, which are uh, fairly tightly plotted, to be fair, but they do show situations as well. They make it very clear what, what the game's about. They do show what, what Pathfinder's about. Um, and I'm absolutely not going to recommend those for, for the Frankenstein's RPG, partly thank, because... Thank God. I know, well, they are very, very high quality, and it's what is known for. But yeah. if you look at six books, 90 pages each, roughly, um, doing games from levels 1 to 30 or whatever, 1 to 20, that's, mm. that's two and a half years of play. So it's the complete opposite of what Sam was talking about. And I, I kind of agree with Sam. So I have ended up actually going for the one ring. And I've oh picked out- Oh God, not another one. Oh, is that- Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. She, 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 so she, she has She has She has a very specific form of Tourette's. Uh, <laughs> you have to say Tolkien or one ring and it's just- oh. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. Keep going. It's just oh, I hate oh. the One Ring. Keep going. Keep going. Oh. Graham, Graham, I'm going to gamble. I'm going to say that's one vote lost. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. So I'll explain. Okay, I'll explain very quickly why I've picked them. They're extremely well written. They're easy to pick up and run with. Yeah. Um, they're beautifully illustrated, of course. Um, they're thematic. <laughs> they evoke extremely well the source material. If you don't like the source material, then you're not going to like like these scenarios, but they are dripping, they are dripping with that, with, with, with the atmosphere that's right yeah. for the game. Each scenario starts with a when, where, what, why, and who section in literally a small column. So in literally, literally two minutes, you know exactly what the scenario is about. You know what it's going for, you know where it's going, yeah. and you're kind of off. I've found when running these, you can just about pick up and play them, which, okay. is, which is fantastic. Um, they, the, the adventures are split into bite-sized sections. Yeah. So they are very, very approachable in terms of play. Uh, and, you know, if I was to pick out, um, pick out anything, I would just say that they, uh, there's one in here called Crossings of Kelduin, which moves you from Dale, um, some, some, some sort, of, sort of contests straight into an epic battle. Um, and it, it and, and some traveling in between, it's all very thematic, and it does it absolutely superbly and climactically. And sort of a bit like Time of the Wolves, it's a series of scenarios that leads to a thing. Okay. So, so would we start with? Is, is, so is it the the crossings of Calduin is the is the scenario? It's th that's the one I would pick. Um, but it, but, it, but they are they are constructed very similarly in terms of the way they're put together. So yeah. once you've done one. That's the other nice thing. They, they're slightly formulaic in the sense of how they're designed, so you know where to go and where to find things. Yeah, and 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 some help of finding stuff uh, would be no bad thing. And uh, interesting, a couple of things that you said there actually sort of chimes after after the last uh, episode, where uh, it was the lazy dungeon master that won the the sort of the GM advice, and and two or three other things that you actually said that chimed chimed quite heavily with that I, I of course inevitably as i always have to do when i haven't got a game that somebody mentions uh, i have to buy it 
but I've really enjoyed uh, reading the uh, uh, the lazy. Uh, it is lazy dungeon master, yeah, lazy dungeon master. And and again, that sort of pick up and run, minimal prep. You know, who, what, when? Fantastic. Okay. So specifically, though, we're going to say crossings of Calduin. One ring. Who shall I come to next? Uh, Tamsin. Uh, is it? Uh, is it Buffy so the wait, Vampire Slayer? No, no. I have to ask. Funny you should say that. But um, no. So my my really weird ones later. So okay. I've got two scenarios that I was trying to decide which one. So I'll tell you both of them, and then I will hopefully come down to a decision. Okay. So the first one is. I don't know if you wait. The people on the video can see this. Oh, the the um, one so ring. It, yeah. No. no. <laughs> um, is um, Awakening Diablerie Mexico, which is a white wolf uh, scenario from 1992 for Vampire the Masquerade, which I know is already in the, the uh, Frankenstein. So, yeah. Yeah. So, let me tell you about this one. It's completely standalone. And there aren't that many kind of vampire masquerade scenarios that are completely standalone. Yeah. Um, you're playing new characters. You um, talk to an archaeologist and end up in Mexico. Um, it's, or it's magic books. It's NPCs with a lust for power. It's the jungle. There's the sun. That's a bit of an issue. Um, there are werewolves and ghosts and ghouls and you end up in a ziggurat doing a dungeon crawl and there's like 25 rooms of traps. <laughs> it is wow. pretty amazing. Um, so the reason I chose this is, well, one, it's as close to Indiana Jones as you're going to get <laughs> in okay. a scenario. Um, you know, you talk to the archaeologist and you go off. Um, and... Second reason is there's, and if you play vampire, there's a really kind of important uh, background about diablerie that's in this, that kind of, if you ever wanted to kind of be a GM, it was kind of like canon for that. So you had okay. to have it. But more importantly, it's a vampire the masquerade game, but it's not about politics and it's not about fighting and it's not about all of that. It's a dungeon crawl. <laughs> okay. But, so, but, it, but essentially it's got, kitchen sink wrapped in a werewolf thrown at you okay. yes everything yeah. but so that is why and i run it a few times and it's just because everyone sits down and goes oh i'm going to be all angsty and i'm like okay you're getting <laughs> fight you're getting a uh, flaming darts thrown at you from the wall how are you dealing with that oh. so um i think it just kind of goes out of the box yeah okay. it goes Brilliant. out of the box for and 25 rooms of traps is is quite impressive for a vampire game <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my first pick and then my other one so then I thought actually what what would be good for um Frankenstein's RPG mm. and the, the other one I chose was um from the Cthulhu hack and it's a uh, save Innsmouth the reason I chose it's kind of a really good convention type game and I've run it for people who've never role played before and I've mm. run it for experienced people that have role played it before and they've all had a great time it's kind of a one shot and it's mm. it's set after um 
the shadow over Innsmouth book. It's kind of, it, it's like a, a sequel sort of okay. thing. It's a follow yeah. on modern day. Mm-hmm. And you're basically going to Innsmouth because they're building a spa. <laughs> I mean, I love spas, but anyway, they're building a spa and you're going to go and have a look. And obviously things happen, but um, it is, it's just a great game that you, it's the thing where you wake up, it's like yeah. you literally wake up and you're in it and you can expand it. You can do a bit of prelude and, and things like that, but okay. it's that classic convention, wake up right in it. And other good things about it, I didn't say it was um, Cthulhu Hack 2016. It yeah. was, um, there's a website and a Twitter account <laughs> that go along with this. Okay. So if you feel like really like getting into it, there's a whole. Can we adapt it for fantasy? Fantasy, do you think? Look, I wasn't allowed to bring any of my three thousand scientific uh, science fiction ones. This is the best I could do. <laughs> so th- th- there's, a, there's an element of editing. However, however, yes, I rather like it, it, it's that sort of. Uh, hmm, I'm going to say Gonzo as opposed to bizarre. Uh, fantasy you wake up in a spa <laughs> fits well, perfectly yeah what i'm sure they had spas in medieval time of course i mean it probably involved a lot of hot rocks and listen whipping yeah. i don't know we but, could set it in bath <laughs> at, the, uh, at the at the bar is so, yeah okay so, so, um, yeah, so it's, it's it's um and what's good is it's for the see for the first time gm it's got lots of suggestions about how to run it at a convention, answers mm. questions. It's got sound suggested sound effects. Considering it's only like 10 pages, um, I think it's really great. And a, a great example of like kind of simple uh, scenarios that you can play. So those are my two kind of ones. Okay, spare spare writing, really. Yeah, you know, and, and in terms of like, you're in the game, you're in the scenario, where you go. Mm-hmm. Good. Like that. So, uh, it, me and you to go, uh, Chris. Um, but I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go last and build obviously the tension. Uh, okay. So, w- what have you got? Come on. Well, I'm a bit like uh, Graham. I've uh, been thinking more broadly about what scenarios are and how they would function in this game, yeah. and I know that. Um, fill the dice mechanic because you know he's he's normally quite phlegmatic, isn't he? And doesn't get involved in uh, any disputes or. But he, he, he was he he was saying you he went about this entirely the wrong way around, didn't he? He said that you should have yeah. defined some core principles before yeah. you set out on the on the quest. However, I think a good scenario can do that retrospectively. It can be the connective tissue that draws out all the elements of the rules that you've created. So yeah. if you have a look at the game that you're creating, this is, this is a setting that grows in the telling, isn't it? Because yep. you use it beyond the wall. So there's going to be exploration and travel. Yep. Um, the combat is gritty and gory because you use Merp. And let's face it, you're going to want to avoid having too many battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got some very clearly defined social 
resolution mechanics so social situations so negotiation and drama is going to be part of it very much so yeah and magic is free form and in many ways that's the most exciting thing for pcs to do you want those pcs to use the maelstrom magic and have it access to it so that yeah. that is the core activity to be magical they're not going to get into scraps because they're going to be you know from the mundane to the spectacular using okay. magic and uh, the final element is the uh, for me is the monsters because i always look at the monsters the monsters a core of uh, creating a good scenario and so you've got um <clears throat> the um, dragon warriors monsters we do and these monsters are more likely to creep up on you in the night and boil, boil you in a cauldron and suck the jelly from your bones in the middle of the night <laughs> so those are the kind of monsters that inhabit this world yeah so I'm going to suggest, I'm going to be so bold, uh, Dr. Frankenstein, to suggest a core activity for this game. Are you going to have it? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm scared. <laughs> you said about okay. sucking blood. No, come on, let's go. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to call it, I'm going to suggest a name too. I'm going to call it Golem. And the player characters are agents that hunt and collect parts to construct automatons which they animate through maelstrom magic. So they go on the hunt for stone arms, wooden legs, clockwork art, and, and they've got to defy the crafty trolls and, and different communities. And, and you, you could have rival golem hunters with a bit of conflict, or you could have um, nations that protect their clockwork hearts. They don't want people to get them, so you have to go and steal them. So that's my uh, that's my proposal for your scenario and the core activity for play characters. Take it or leave it. And, and the reason <laughs> the reason the reason why I, I suggested this and it got me thinking is because my suggestion is write your own luck, and which is by Gareth Ryder Hanrahan for Thirteenth Age. It's a quick start adventure. Yep. And um, Gareth Hanrahan is really good at getting at the core elements of a game. So if you look at those quick starters that he produces for uh, Pelgrane, they're really good at A, selling a game, and B, saying, right, this is what it's all about. This is um, what, what you should be doing. And uh, Right Your Luck is, um, uh, it, it, it's written in a style that I think. So it's... Um, it's very active, it's focused on the action, it's focused on the drama, and it gets the player characters bang into it. And um, it, with, with, with 13th Age, you play uh, heroes, so you're very significant people in the world, yep. that's your core activity, and you're bound to one of the icons, one of the factions within the, in the place. And so th this adventure puts you at the centre of protecting the town, and um, you, you, it reveals this living dungeon so it's the start of uh, that great campaign uh, that he did. And yeah. uh, it, it, you know, a sinkhole opens and, it, and it's just full of monsters and great stuff. So that's my uh, recommendation. So, I'm, so, yeah. I'm, off, I'm, off, I'm offering you a core activity for your game. I'm being as bold as naming it, Golem. And I'm putting forward, write your own luck for my suggestion. So uh, the actual scenario then is write your own luck. 
Yeah. And that's uh, that's the Gareth Ryder Henran. Because mm. I know you're not a fan of uh, 13th Age, are you? At the risk of uh, setting an entirely new group of uh, enthusiasts on my trail with uh, burning brands and, and pitchforks, I struggle a little bit with 13th Age, if I'm absolutely honest. And oddly enough, I think uh, that the, the slightly more stripped-down version of uh, Baz Stevens, uh, I think, works... Uh, King of Dungeons, obviously. That, I think that works a bit better for me. For me. Well, I, I urge you to go and look at um, Write Your Own Look because that is a quick start. So it strips it down to the core bits of 13th age yeah. and what makes it work <clears throat> so I, I, as a starting point it's really good because I think the difficulty with the 13th age rule book it's a bit like a supply teacher who wants to be your friend it's <laughs> um it kind of it's a bit overly familiar yeah. and um it, you know you, it, you just mm. kind of as an old grognard you just say just tell me what I need to do and go away and I think that's that's the problem with it but I think the good thing about um, Write Your Own Luck is it presents it in that way. This is what you yeah. need to do. This is how it works at the table. Yeah. Uh, it, it's almost like uh, you've been reading it over my shoulder as well. I, I found with uh, I found with 13th Age, it was like uh, they'd present you with something and then they'd say, but you don't need to do it. Well, what do you put it in for then? You know, well, you, could have the, you can have the icons in, but you don't need to use them. What? What yeah. the hell are you telling me? Why are you doing this? And it, it's like several other, there are several other games where, it, in the end, as you said, you strip them down, strip it back, and you'll probably go, actually, do you know what? I really like that. It's like 2D20. I keep going on about this, but they write it so abysmally. Anyway, uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm not going to keep going on about 13th age. I'm going to give them the uh, airtime. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's not fair because actually, I think there's lots of bits of it that I really do like. So I'll, I'll shut up now. Uh, however, Golem. The name of the game is Golem. Mm. I, th I thought you said Golem there for a second, and I was about to have another heart attack. But it's just it's just your accent, Chris. It's fine. <laughs> your 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 Golem may be different. Your Golem may be different. Okay. Uh, well, I'm I'm. Uh, see, I thought I was going to be terribly original, which is a fault of mine when actually I'm just a derivative hack. I, I do have uh, a scenario that I'm going to propose, and it's one I've, I've sort of bleated on about uh, quite a bit. Uh, but it's not a fantasy scenario at all. Uh, and it is, in fact, if I, I have to block the top one out, it's, it's uh, Blackwater Creek. Uh, Scott Dorwood wrote this. And uh, it comes with, uh, uh, with the GM screen for 7th edition Call of Cthulhu. And I, I would go so far as to say, is I, I actually think it's probably one of the best scenarios ever written. They are. Uh, and the reason for it is, like everybody has said so far, it's got lots and lots of different bits in it. So you've got the exploration. It's, it's set in, uh, it's actually set in, in the town of uh, uh, Blackwater Creek uh, in, in sort of Maine, I think it is. And you have to go there and, and discover what's an issue. What's at issue? There are monsters. 
There is folklorish stuff that you can do a bit of investigation. There is conflict, should you wish to have conflict. But there's some underpinnings in there that absolutely are fantastic. And, and I can't release too much of it because it has to do with sound effects. And in, in weaker moments, I've thought, well, if I'm doing this at Grugmeet, how the heck am I going to do that? How am I going to put those sound effects in? Because if you put the sound effects in, it freaks people out, which is brilliant. Uh, and again, it's another way. It's quite spare. It's relatively simple, relatively simple. You know, go through a series of stages and you reach the end conclusion. But one of the reasons why I absolutely love it is I have never, and I've run it now about four or five times, I think, I've never failed to uh, wipe the entire party out. <laughs> shallow ambitions i know <laughs> but uh well, would love this then oh yeah <laughs> yeah neil this is neil's favorite scenario he's not even played it yet but he, but he is it's a it, it's um i don't know why it, because it's it, i sort of read it and thought oh that sounds quite good and then played it for several in fact i did it grog meatish and it was quite good fun so is that, it, that, go on is it is it sort of bound to happen? I mean, I know it's, I, I don't do Cthulhu. Much okay. as Tamsin doesn't do Tolkien. I don't really do Cthulhu, but I, is it, is it kind of, I mean, is it structured so that, you know, it's just going to happen? Uh, There's a, a fatalistic ending or, 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 do, or do you just enjoy that sort of thing and make it happen? Yeah. No, it's almost impossible to avoid it. Right. Hmm. The, okay. the, the, the denouement is it's almost impossible to avoid it. Uh, yeah. And, and, and actually, you can. It's one of those where, again, with thinking about the, the the lazy dungeon master thing, once you've sort of got the hooks in there, it's about then playing on the character's mind a little bit. So I think that could be quite good fun. The, the bit that actually probably uh, it falls down on is uh, maybe the magic side of things. How could you introduce the magic as being an important element, which may not allow the game to sort of stretch its legs properly, but uh, yeah, but it's a fantastic scenario. And actually, if, if for no other reason, if I'm bringing it to anybody's attention, Blackwater Creek, great scenario. You should. Uh, Mr. Dawood's done a, done a cracking job. So there we are. So that's me. So uh, we, we do have to come back, though. Tamsin, mm -hmm. you're going to have to murder one of these darlings. I am going to have to do it. And I would like to say for the record, although it's about a spa, there is no spa time uh in in save in Smith. that's just the kind of the why you're going okay you don't so, have to for anyone who's interested it isn't a uh, role playing in a spa so <laughs> i think there's probably legs in that and arms and and all oh. that but no um you can't so, use your massage skill exactly okay so based on the fact that save in Smith is only 10 pages uh -huh. so it's probably not quite enough for the, the meet, I am going to go with um, Awakening Diablo Mexico. Awakening uh, Diablo Mexico, is it? Diablery. Oh, Diablo. You seasoned vampire player. Diablery. It's in Mexico. Do you know, actually, it, it's the one game I've got to buy. Vampire of the Masquerade. Uh, because we've obviously, it's got the, um, the characteristics come from VTM, courtesy of K. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have we have a panel of uh, of scenarios from which to choose. And interestingly, it's not 
Well, I guess you could broadly. There's at least one fantasy <laughs> one in there. <laughs> Uh, okay. I told you before you have to be more specific if you want something specific you gotta ask for it <laughs> I, d- I fail to see why I should make it easy for myself right okay so we're gonna have to vote so I'm gonna come in uh in time on a tradition you you cannot uh you cannot uh vote for your uh for your own suggestion though okay so uh Sam just just to confirm so Sam you, it's time of the wolves Yes. Uh, Chris, uh, write your own luck. I think uh, it's actually make your own luck. Oh, make it. Oh, Sam, uh, I'm going to come to you first. At time of the wolves, you cannot vote for. So is it going to be write, stroke, make your own luck, the crossings of Calduin, awakening Diablery, Mexico, or Blackwater Creek? I'm going to immediately throw Blackwater Creek out of reckoning. <gasps> It's it is a great scenario which I've run a couple of times, but it's not going to work for Frankenstein's RPG at all. Well, enough said. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to sulk now. Uh, Awakening Diablerie in Mexico. Mm. Uh, well, I can't be doing with Vampire Masquerade to start with. So it's way too goth for my liking. Oh no! And they're going to they're going to they're going to go all emo on your ass now. <laughs> bring it on! Bring it on! And and I especially can't be doing with dungeon crawls. No, thank you. Um, I was going to say the save in his mouth on as well. It's just such a waste of uh, all those wonderful crit tables. You, you'd never use them. So mm. I'd throw that one out as well. Critical um, massage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a massage critical table, is there? You never had one by me. Crossings <laughs> of Calderin um, is, again, another great scenario, but I'm not sure, again, it would work particularly well with um, with Frankenstein. So I'm going to go for Make Your Own Luck, because I love Gareth Ryder-Hanahan's yeah. work to start with. And this is basically Seven Samurai, or uh, Magnificent Seven, which is, which is you know, classic films anyway, one of my favourites. So I'm going to go for that one. Make Your Own Luck. Make Your Own Samurai. Like right. it. Okay. A, a, a forensic analysis. Quite uh, strident, but uh, you know, forensic. Uh, okay, Tamsin, we'll give you right of reply. Right of reply now. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. See, you've just changed my mind because I was approaching this like if I went to a convention and I saw these games kind of advertised, which one mm. would I want to play? Well, it's not going to be the one. We can just say that straight out. And <laughs> um, and I was leaning to write your own luck but this seventh samurai thing has now just thrown me because i also hate oh, <laughs> probably not so um it was between write your own luck and blackwater creek um i would probably because i love cthulhu i would go blackwater creek if i had to pick from a lineup uh, uh graham uh <clears throat> having been roundly abused for suggesting the one ring <laughs> you cannot actually vote for crossings of the Calduin. So, is it going to be Time of the Wolves, which you may have had a hand in? Possibility now of putting up those drive-through RPG uh, radios. <laughs> Make your own luck. Awakening Diablerie, Mexico, or Blackwater Creek. What's it going to be? It's tough. Oh, no. oh, it's, this is tough. Um, 
I, I actually, I'm a bit like Tamsin, I, I sort of didn't really, because it's Frankenstein's RPG, I decided I wouldn't need to worry about it. I would just kind of just go for a scenario that I really like and what the hell, if it doesn't yeah. thematically fit with whatever the quivering mass that is the Frankenstein's RPG, I, I shan't worry. <laughs> it's this great beauty. It's not designed. It's just a great quivering mass of yeah. hunks of violated RPGs that are even now. Uh, so I... Uh, I, I don't feel like I'd love Time of the Wolves. I, I do love it, but I can't vote for it because I wrote it. So I <laughs> that, that makes it harder. I Scott Dorwood is wonderful, mm. but I, I just I don't do Cthulhu and sort of TPK scenarios are fine, but no, probably not for me. So I'm not sure about the not sure about the werewolves. Yeah, blue I think I think I'm heading. I think I'm heading towards Make Your Own Luck. I mean, Gareth Hanrahan, I would always pick out because he's yeah. wonderful. He's written such a lot of great traveler. So I'll, I'll pick out. <laughs> well, that's out then. If he's, uh, <laughs> write your own luck. Okay. Yeah. Make your I'll own luck. Write stroke, make your own luck. Okay. Uh, Chris, now you can't vote for uh, Make Your Own Make luck. Your Own Luck. Mm. Even though Sam made a better picture for it than I did. So yeah. well done, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so time time of the wolves, crossings of the Calderon, awakening Diablery, Mexico, or Blackwater Creek? Well, um, one of my characters has died at the hands of Dorwood, and that was a bucket list uh, moment. Mm. However, I don't think Cthulhu fits with um, what we want to do in the core elements of... Uh, Golem, as I'm calling do, it. Eh? Do, do, do any of them? Uh, <laughs> casual question. Um, Time of the Wolf sounds interesting, and uh, Sam made a good pitch for it, and it sounds like a, a, a good absorbing campaign, and in that kind of um, setting that I enjoy, that kind of dark, um, dark uh, mythic setting, so that, mm. that, that interested me. I'm sorry, Tamsin, but I... It, Vampire the Masquerade. I've never played it, so I can't really judge it. But it just sounds pompous. So <laughs> I just I am I am shocked. That's at least two of you. It's yeah. fine. The cheese the cheese stands alone. That's fine. You, you can you can never go to a Sisters of Mercy concert. Yeah, I just see people in fancy shirts shirts kind of uh <laughs> feeling sorry for themselves. Oh my goodness. This, this this is worse than anything I've ever said about Traveller. <laughs> Come on. So well, that, tough luck. You're gonna end up kind of playing a bit of it in this. So, you know. We'll have to wear and there's two, sure. there's two vampire there's two vampire games in there in the mix. Mm. Well, I'm so that means I'm um, by default going to go for the One Ring crossings of the Caldurian. Okay. Yeah, I, no, because no. because um, the, the One Ring adventures do draw out the core elements of the game, and that was kind of the principle mm. of why I'd made the decision that I did. So that's why I've gone for that. So it, it, it's for me to vote clearly. Uh... As, as has been quite rightly pointed out, why on earth would I go for something Cthulhu when uh, when it, this is a this is a fantasy game? Just I'm, it was a delusional moment. Um, I'm I'm terribly sorry. Awakening Diablery, Mexico. That's uh, fine. It, it's it's not going to be. But however, however, uh, I I haven't 
I haven't played Vampire of the Masquerade uh, and and feel that I ought to. So it, you have to add now to the list of Angel, the campaign that you're yeah. going to run for us, uh, Vampire of the Masquerade. And we have to obviously include Kay in that as well, at least. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, we can do this. We can. I can uh, wedge in Dabri Mexico as well Done. into that. Done. Crossings of Caldron. I, I, I do agree. I, I, I think, um, and again, from the lazy dungeon master, the idea of having that simplistic bit of knowing what, where, how, when, who, away you go, I think would be fantastic. My only concern is with the one ring, but it is very sort of Tolkien-esque. Not surprisingly. <laughs> um, so I, I and I'm, yeah. magic, I think, has got to be a, it's got to be a big part of it. So, time of the wolves, uh, I, I just fancy playing that anyway. Uh, particularly if you're going to put it in in Pendragon, uh, Pendragon. Although obviously, Age of Arthur, that is, uh, that's uh, uh, also recently come onto my radar, which I'd quite like to have a look at. So I am also going to go for uh, Make Your Own Luck. Uh, and not the least of which is uh, I bought um, that set of scenarios that Gareth Hanrahan, uh, Gareth Ryan has written. And uh, it, it, uh, keeping up my record of every games, every UK games expo I've been to, buying an enormous amount of stuff that he's written. So uh, I've got to get some use out of that. So uh, make your own luck. Make your own luck becomes the scenario of choice for the Frankenstein's RPG. Happy days. And Chris, you gain some sort of bragging rights now, I suspect. Over a certain <laughs> Mr. Blythe. <clears throat> Have we all calmed down? If it... I don't know. I feel personally attacked, but it's fine. None of you have ever played. Well, if it makes I you love feel... mage. I absolutely love mage. I run and love mage, but does, does that make it worse? I don't know. I have to say that I am open-minded, honestly. Although I say, you know, that it's people in flanky shirts and black eyeliner thinking they know fielding, I I believe yeah. that there are alternative approaches, and I, and yeah. I, I'm I'm willing to be convinced. Listen, if if Rick Astley can sing the Smiths then I'm sure uh, Chris can play Vampire of the Masquerade. It's got to happen. Rick Astley GMing that, that'd be pretty cool. Okay, so, uh, right, player advancement is our second topic. On Twitter, again, people were sort of a bit kind of, uh, it's been one of those things that's very, very sort of terse comments coming out, you know. If it isn't, uh, you know, uh, Call of Cthulhu, it has to be Call of Cthulhu. Use the skill, win the skill. Uh, and then we've got you know, other one, Traveller. Uh, well, you've, you've done it all in character generation, so why are you doing any more, you fools? Yeah, D&D, 5,000 experience points, murderer. Well, now we could murder a golem, I guess. You could, a leg gets you one level, maybe. A knee gets you halfway. Uh, so player advancement how is it possible for players to progress through uh, through the game what what do we think would be a good is the best exempt exemplar of uh, of player advancement so who shall i come to first how about uh graham can i uh, can i ask you to take it away i'll have a go 
Um, Come on then. I, I sort of looked at advancement systems. I can see why you've wanted one. Yeah. Um, not least because I did look a look at my shelves and realised that all of them, and I mean all of them, have got something to do with an advancement system in them. Okay. Most of them are points mean prizes of some sort. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if it's experience or you roll something. You basically get some something over time, and then you get, you know, your character gets mechanically better. Yep. Even even. I tried to find one that didn't have one, and I struggled. Traveller's got a training system. Yeah. Um, Everway, Everway's got boons, but Everway doesn't really have an advancement system. Mm. It's the one that was closest, or is the most evasive about advancement system, other than fictional advantage. And I suppose that's the other thing about advancement system. It doesn't have to be specifically mechanical improvement. Yeah. Um, but it's it's... I think the thing that I realized most when I was looking at the advancement systems on my shelves was that as it happens, advancement systems probably sit at the end of a design chain. So really the advancement systems looking back into the game and saying, well, um, what are the themes of the game? What's a player character supposed to do? How, how, how am I supposed to be rewarding the player characters? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's thinking about sort of reward and I say the player characters it's the players that are being rewarded really let's be honest um or <laughs> they can practice they, they um, don't they don't really exist Graham just, no no it's break, just break that to you now <laughs> not really I think when you work those things out yeah, theoretically then the advancement system kind of kind of fits in and the advancement system also controls other things like is your game like a zero to hero game in which case, how does that fit in? Or maybe a hero to a demigod or something. Mm -hmm. And also the advancement system can influence the cadence of your campaign. So it kind of gives a more rounded view about how progression happens over time. And so it mm -hmm. says something about what you're expecting the sort of sessional duration of your game to be. So it's interesting when I started to look at advancement systems, I realized it was actually plugging into a whole series of other concepts. And I picked up one, it's not my votable one, but this is just to illustrate this. So I, I don't, I, I've mentioned I did a lot of fantasy D20. Yeah. So I did a lot of 4E. 4E is your classic, of course, D&D started with, you know, experience points and levels and things. And of course, 4E's yeah. four, four got that heritage. But the great thing about the fourth edition game is, is it, it, it absolutely wears on its sleeve where you get your experience points from. It's three things, it's twonking monsters. <laughs> Okay. It's mostly Twonky Busters because <laughs> it's D&D. &D. Um, it's going on quests yeah, and you get experience points for actually, actually identifying, going and completing quests and undertaking skill challenges. So using your abilities in a clever way. And you get experience points for each of those. And then sure, you've got levels and there's three games and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But at least it wears its sleeve on it. You know, it wears its heart on its sleeve and you can see what it's doing. So I like, I like that. Um, I... I eventually I came down to one and my one that I want to suggest for voting is actually fate. And I'll, I'll explain kind of why. Um, is this another faux pas, by the way? Fate, fate is, well, it's an F word, really. Pluses and minuses. Yeah, go on. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll have a go. I'll try and sell it to you, but I think it could be a tough sell. Um, so first of all, it's not it's not very fiddly. So very it doesn't have thousands of experience points. It's very yep. simple. It's 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 pure and simple milestone um, improvement. Um, you've got three types of milestone: a minor, a significant, and a major. 
Yeah. Minor is every set. Ooh. <laughs> I, I guess I'll swap that one out then. <laughs> Since it's well, got this... exactly the same system. Oh, I'll sorry. tell you later, guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Cool, cool. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so it's a milestone uh, system. It's got minor, yeah. significant, major. Minor is end of every session. So the, so the nice thing about this system is, is that something happens every session. Yeah. That's kind of, kind of, kind of nice. Um, a minor is change. So you can swap around your aspects. Now, of course, the thing about fate is, is you're defined in, to a degree by your aspects, which are, your, which are these fictional triggers that you give to people to say, this is yeah. what switches my character on. So by moving those around, you're changing your character a little bit every session, if you want to. Yep. The significance is the end of a scenario. And for that, that's a learning point. And amongst other things, you can get a plus one to a skill. Now, I have heard on certain other podcasts that they sort of said, well, you don't, you don't need that. Fake characters are brilliant to start with. But actually, if, if at the end of every scenario, you get a plus one to a skill, actually, given the range that you've got in a fate-like game, plus one yeah. is, is quite something. So yeah. I don't Significant, think you can yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And your final, your final one is a major, and the major is the end of an arc. And the okay. end of an arc, it's major, it's major change. The world itself has changed, and characters change as well. And you can push yourself beyond envelopes, um, you can change your signature aspect. So yeah. really describing about who your character is. So the thing I like about fate, but it says more about fate probably than anything else is that what the experience advancement system is saying is, is you can change, you will change, your character will change as you go. And it's, it's done mechanically through, through aspects. Mm -hmm. um, and the final thing I'd say about the fate system is that it's not just the characters that change in the advancement system, it's the world around them. So the, the GM is encouraged to think about what's happened, just think about what's happened around you and, and do things about the, the aspects and the NPCs around the world because they will have been affected by the pivotal characters. So it's about change. And I think it does it in a very simple and quite elegant way. It's an interesting one because, as you said, you know, the only, the only thing that's sort of making me think, how long are the players going to hang around for? You know, we've got Merp critical hit tables in here. It's like, you know, one of them and you don't matter whether you've got any significant stuff, it's a you're majorly out of it. But ah, no, I, I like fate. I like that. I'm uh, I'm I'm capable of change. I've had I've had a minor revelation, you could say. <laughs> okay. In which case, uh Tamsin, I will come to you now. <laughs> Is it is Thanks. it fate fate by any chance? Well, <laughs> it well it was, and that's what was funny. I had picked for one of mine um, the Dresden Files role playing game, which is fate, and Graham's done a great job of explaining that. So I'm gonna have to go to a backup. Yeah. Okay, that's that's what's gonna happen. So, uh, are, there, are there no differences? The same. Are there no differences though between Dresden? No, and... not in the advancement system. It's no. pretty much the same. Okay. Um, Sorry. Right then. <laughs> That's okay. Um, luckily, the advancement system doesn't have to be uh, relative to where it's set, no. right? <laughs> so um, I would like from, and I've got two, I've got a classic and a kind of wild card, and I'll go for the wild card first. Um, I would like to suggest um, Ghostbusters, uh, the role-playing game. Uh, mm. for, my, for my advancement and I will tell you I don't know if anyone has played Ghostbusters 
it's just a role play game. It is brilliant. So you can either play the characters from the movies or what I like to do is uh, run it as a franchisee option. Okay. You basically picked up the franchise. So you're your own Ghostbusters. And yeah, you're essentially going around uh, busting ghosts. Um, hence, hence, so the the name. <laughs> hence the name. But it's got all the kind of the stuff from the movies and things in it. It's also got a dice with the, the ghost on it, which is pretty cool. If you can get your hands on a copy, because it is 1986 was when it came out. So, and, so you, and I, sorry, and actually, that's okay. we kind of forget that sort of thing, don't we? About, you know, the when, when these things have come out. Mm. And, and, and actually, if it's, if it's one from 1986 and it still holds up, that's, that's a really ought to well, be celebrated. <laughs> there's one area where it won't, and I'm going to come to that in a minute. So it's a West End Games. Um, yeah. And you start with um, 20 brownie points, which are a bit like kind of fate points, drama points. You can use these to roll extra dice and things. Um, but what happens is your XP, as we would commonly know it, is awarded in brownie points. So you start with 20 and it's kind of, it's a bit like if you look at the character sheet, it's like a Cthulhu one because it goes from like naught to 100 brownie points, which is quite funny because you can lose them and gain them as you're going through the game. Uh-huh. But your XP, so if you if you fail to get this, so you're supposed to spend them a lot. It's supposed to be a currency that you're kind of burning through quite a lot. Okay. Um, so if you if you fail to get the ghost, you only get half back. If you get the ghost, you get them all back and a couple more. If you do really well and have a great session, you kind of get more back. So that's kind of the first part of it. So and then it, this this could work with the golem idea, couldn't it? And then hmm. if you get and you can also trade them in for skill points later on. But okay. to be honest, it's kind of just more fun to kind of affect the story and, and and do really well and you also get brownie and this is the bit that doesn't stand up so well you also get brownie points for your personal goals so if you if you act in your personal goals you get some more so the goals are wealth okay fame saving humanity and sex yes you get brownie points <laughs> if your personal goal is sex and you get to go on dates I think there's basically a Venkman thing going on there, but so that's probably the bit that doesn't stand up uh, quite well. Yeah. I mean, you, you wouldn't get that now. Or oh, what's your goal? My goal is to sleep with everybody. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> so, 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 um, so just 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 to recap on that then. So you get brownie yeah. you get brownie points for wealth, fame, saving the world, yeah. and sex. Yeah. Um, depending on what your personal goal is, your personal goal is probably one or two of those. So, so <laughs> the reason I chose this is because I kind of hate that kind of the the points type systems. Mm-hmm. And in this one, you're getting something which you can use immediately. You don't have to wait. You don't have to save up for them. You're getting something back, which in the next session is going to help you have a better time. Uh, so that's okay. why I chose it. And also because uh, the game okay. is a riot and it needs it needs more airtime. So, you know. Okay. Uh, so experience to be spent almost straight away. <clears throat> yeah, it's Excuse a very me. fluid kind of dynamic system in that way. And there's ghosts. I mean, come on. <laughs> is, it, <laughs> is it the case that the brownie points then can be, you can choose, you can either burn them straight away for sort of like, 
well, dare I say, instant gratification, or yeah. you can save them and <laughs> kind of like spend them on like, I don't know, getting your dice better or something. And as experience. Yeah, yeah you can. So you can save them up and right. swap them in to increase your stats. Right. Okay. So you can choose. Nice. So it's, choose. yeah, it's yeah. nice and flexible, but really all the times that I've run it, people because you they're in crazy crazy situations so people are just spending them because it's funny okay okay i <laughs> i this is this is the experience points uh if we took it from ghostbusters not, um, not, and so that not was, safe for every circumstance no. no well you don't have to go down the personal but i just thought i would point that out because like you said there are some things that stand up and some things that maybe don't and then um everything's the more... a euphemism now <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> i'm gonna have Sorry. to try and watch what i say so um the other the more classic and maybe this was the one that i was worried that somebody else would pick is it is, is it Ka karma sutra the role -playing? it's not it's a warhammer fantasy role play um and i chose the yeah. second edition over the first edition oh, okay i have i have both but second edition is just a bit more streamlined streamlined it's a bit better okay so um this one was Green Ronin Publishing in 2005. Um, mm -hmm. It does have a point system, but what, and I think a lot of people love about it is the career system. Yeah. So, um, you know, you start off, you roll randomly to get your career and you could have um, such excellent choices as Grave Robber. Um, yeah. I've wrote that down. That's, that's a pretty good, and things like that. So you start with a career and then, you get your XP and you've got career exits. So you kind of spend that, increase your characteristics, and then you've got a wide choice of careers. And yeah. you can even, you can, so I, I feel it's really open to where you want to go. And even if you don't like any of those, you can spend your XP and start a whole new career with all the different exits. So I just feel, although it does have that point thing, you can really decide you're not set on, I am a thief and that is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I can go off in kind of any direction I want. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it, Warhammer's cropped up lots. Funny enough, actually, I think the, the most men mentioned game so far have been One Ring, Vampire, The Masquerade. But Warhammer in particular, and very definitely on on uh, on Twitter as well, big, big following about progression of characters and how you then move through the steps. Yeah. So how do you um how do you get get your points as it were is it is it like i don't know doing stuff or end of a session oh yes no no so that's the other thing i like is it's basically well there's a couple of ways of doing it but one of them is just 100 xp for four hours or a session so it's very you turn up you play you get paid as my characters like to say they're uh, my players they're always like when we're getting paid i'm like at the end we'll get paid so it's very, go. it's not, because you've got the systems, um, which I won't name, where it's like, you have to trigger this effect to get a mm. point, or you have to have been in mortal danger and used your, you know, persona or whatever, like none of that. You turn up, you do the time, you should get yeah. paid for it. So I yep. quite like that. Yep. It's good. It's a very good game. Okay. We'll come back. So, of, of the of the various ones that you looked at, obviously Dresden Files, Ghostbusters, Wolfrop. Which which do you think would be the one you're going to put forward? Um, probably for lols, uh, Ghostbusters. 
because I've never had a bad session and maybe that's you know who you're playing with but I think because we all know the movie and we can all get into that space um it's always a good like you can really let loose everything's going to be a euphemism isn't it yeah I can't help it now <laughs> Have you spent your we'll be back minutes? at the spa before you know it <laughs> And, and again, I, I, I've sort of championed quite a bit as well. Uh, I'm going with liminal. Uh, bearing in mind we've got the, the skill system is uh, liminal. Or rather, sorry, the skill tests are liminal, which is obviously 2d6 plus, plus skill, not the traveller 2d6 plus skill. Liminal oh, no, no. 2d6 plus yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the the bits I particularly like within uh, the liminals, and it's not it's not perfect, it's not perfect. Uh, don't tell Paul I said that. Uh, the, the, there are there are some bits where I think it, we'd have to sort of retrofit bits in things like character generation, for example. So you you when you uh, have a critical failure, you uh, you raise your uh, you have the ability. Uh, to not spend willpower and take a uh, a point, an advancement point. You have to get five advancement points. Uh, you get those uh, five experience boxes and then three advancement boxes. So it's over protracted. You know, it's not like end of the session, you get to move your characteristics up by one. Five experience boxes, three advancement boxes on the character sheet. And you tick an experience box when your character learns something new about the hidden world. But we could use that as perhaps something a little bit more ephemeral. You've advanced the cruise goal. Now, one thing that we did sort of talk about again is about how are you going to have this sort of crew development, you know, this sort of group development. The crew concluded its case, its current case successfully. Or you learn something new and important about your crew or one of its members. And then you tick an experience box also when you roll two ones and don't spend willpower to improve the result. Or you engage a drive and generate more will than you can use. Now, what, what, what I particularly like about it is that then you can raise your skill cap by one. You can, once you've ticked all the boxes, you can raise a skill gap by one, which means cap by one, which means you can move a certain skill over four is the starting number. So you get to add up to five to a to a dice roll. But you can also do things like uh, have a new trait. So it's that bit about changing yourself, uh, or or take a two point trait if you save up enough. Or you can give your crew a new asset. So again, as a group, you're sort of moving forward. So uh, plenty of things that you can do within it. Uh, and I quite like the fact that it takes a bit of time to improve. Uh, no instant gratification for me. Euphemism, ahoy. Uh, so so uh, liminal, I think one of the things I really like about liminal is that sort of idea that progression becomes, it's a goal, but it's not a quickly reached goal. Mm. It's a very thoughtful faces there. <laughs> Back it me. reminds me... Uh, it reminds me a little because one of my my backup uh, and it my backup would have come out if Dresden Files had come out so it was it was almost <laughs> there uh, it, it, I, it wouldn't have got Tamsin's vote but it, it's uh, it's it's very PBTA like because that, what Tamsin was what Tamsin was saying was it's very much you need to evoke something on your sheet to get a point yeah. to get a thing and liminals seems to have that yeah it does yeah. um so it's basically it's, just just paul paul will never know that we think 
liminals a blend between Mega Traveler and PBTA. But <laughs> what it is. It's yeah, not it's true. Say, say it's that. not true. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Chris, go. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because <laughs> I'm going to come on to to my recommendation. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, what, the, what's um, uh, it was interesting about uh, liminal and some of the things that drive it because. Um, Sam's played quite a lot of games with me and he knows as a games master, I am rubbish at giving out stuff. Mm. I am rubbish at giving out um, artifacts, magical items, Story uh, advancements. Yeah, I'm rubbish. <laughs> I'm just rubbish. But, motivations. <laughs> motivations. <laughs> none of those. But I, I think it's because I, as a player, I'm not particularly um, motivated by the sordid business of acquiring stuff. You know, I, I'm more interested yeah. in engaging with the world and uh, seeing, seeing what happens within the world. Mm -hmm. So for me, a good uh, system, and we've had a couple of examples of this, um, has it's mechanically driven. It's not just milestones. It's not just... Um, it, it's not just things that are given out by the GM. Or things um, you've killed. Yeah, or things you've killed. Yeah. It, it, it's things that have happened within the um, within the session or within the game that are, mm -hmm. that drive up those advancements. And you know, listening to Liminal and what Graham just said, I'm, my recommendation is uh, Monster of the Week. Mm -hmm. uh, Monster of the Week is a power by the Apocalypse again. It was um, developed concurrently with um, Apocalypse World. And it uses playbooks in a similar manner that you have a list, uh, your archetype has a list of things that you pick from and uh, that becomes your character. And, um, you know, you could have gear, you could have allies, you could have, you know, very various things. And um, Monster of the Week is a, um, you know, we've had Ghostbusters and um, it, it, it's that kind of mode of 80s, um, TV, film, uh, drama, in the vein of uh, uh, Stephen King, where you're actually trying to defeat something week, you know, at each session. At the end of the session, you're going to encounter a monster in some form or another. And uh, the way that the advancement system, uh, the, the way that you generate uh, a block of uh, five uh, squares that you need to fill in during the session, and it's a bit like uh, Green Shield stamps. So once you've got your... Your, your book's full. You traded in to take <laughs> off something off your, your list, your shopping get a, list. To get a kettle, yep. Yeah. How and, old uh, are you? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> very old, very old. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Is that, was that like ESO tokens? <laughs> yeah. yeah. This was before oh, the internal combustion engine, I'll have you know. <laughs> And, and, and the way that those are generated, the way that you acquire those, um, take off those boxes, is through failure. So if you roll below six in the game, um, it's in, you're learning from your mistakes, so you get that. Or you might have a move uh, that when you use it, it generates uh, experience. And uh, similar to Liminal, and similar to uh, Fate to some extent, you have those questions at the end where it's a bit like a performance review you know, have you learned something new about the world? Uh, well done. <laughs> Satisfactory. It's yeah. great to have an exam at the end of your session, isn't it? It's, it's, it's why I play these games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a pay that's rise. A, <laughs> that's my, my nomination is uh, Monster of the Week. 
by Michael Sands. I'm not, not a massive fan of Power by the Apocalypse, and I, I don't really know why. I think it's my... Well, I, I like critical hit tables, so that's probably one reason. <laughs> Uh, now, uh, Sam, uh, we've had uh, fate in several, several guises. Ghostbusters Liminal Monster of the Week. What uh, what is your take on uh, advancement? Well, firstly, I'd like to say how I really hate the D and D system of leveling up. Uh, it just seems to be an escalating power curve just to turn people into superheroes, uh, which eventually is going to make opposition the protagonists uh have to become superheroes as well i'm uh, making just unnecessary pressure on the gm especially when you're having to deal with your frankenstein system which is yeah. sure enough yeah um, <laughs> Good. we haven't said anything nasty about dnd for a little while actually so well there you go <laughs> well i love dnd 5e but just becoming superheroes is just it, it got better it got better with milestone play though so okay. now it's just like right you finish this scenario or you have to do so the way we do it now is like and actually it's written into the book so it's like you know if you do these three adventures you go up a level and that's just easier i'm not yeah. adding up xp or yeah. any of that nonsense and and yeah, but... funnily enough there was sorry again interrupting Sam. yeah i'm sorry sam we keep no no, no. It, it, in, in the back of the uh I think it's in the back of the um, Lazy Dungeon Master, in fact. There's a, there's a poll, a Twitter poll. Uh, I think it was Twitter and something else. They did a poll of several thousand uh, people or GM or, or whatever of D&D. And there was such a small number that played beyond about 10th, 10th level. Yeah. So I think it's pro- possibly, I think it's something that, you know, is is sort of prevalent anyway, even within D&D. So it's not like an extreme view at all. There's no sort of, uh, you know fatwa are going to be issued against you for uh, for saying it but well um, um yeah i'd be much more interested in a system that involves um rewarding a successful skill use um so rather predictably for me i've gone for king arthur pendragon as my system Ooh. Uh, where basically you succeed well at a skill or, or critical really um yeah it gives you a tick next to your skill uh, which you can then roll over to increase maybe at the end of uh, your wintering phase. Yeah. Uh, not only that, there's also glory to be gained uh, from all manner of different things. Um, it's basically experience points based on how others perceive your achievements. Uh-huh. Um, and these glory points can be every every thousand glory points, you can then trade that in for um, a, a a bonus to your well, one point to your a trait, a passion, a stat, or a skill. Well, yeah. all these things occur during your wintering winter phase. Um, Time for rest and recuperation and character growth. Yeah. Uh, where all, all manner of different things can happen. Um, you can have your role for your skill checks, your aging effects, uh, there's economic changes to your character's estate, mm. um, uh, family roles. For example, you got, might get married, you might have children, you might hear a scurrilous rumor about a member of your own family. You know, the interesting stuff just to build on your character, which is which is great. Even your, your a horse might die. Your favourite horse dies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. It's a bit, bit, bit bleak, isn't it? But it's, and, it's and advancement and character growth. Harking back to an earlier uh, episode as well, you can go to the dodgy gallery, uh, no, galley market and buy used left-hand oars. Yeah. Uh, okay. There, there is a further tier of advancement as well. 
where if your character ages out basically or dies, uh, you can pass on your estate to your child, uh, which is all part of it. Which so uh, that makes for quite epic time-spanning campaigns. Really nice. Who doesn't love movie. tax law and bureaucracy at the end of every adventure? Well, it's either it, the bits you like. It's, <laughs> it, it's it's either it's either a performance review or a tax audit. It does. Let's <laughs> say well, and and presumably, uh, well, we'll leave. I was going to make some very very fatuous comment about uh, Ghostbusters and the. Uh, the sex dynamic, but we've had far too many of those. No, no. I, I, th I think what we're seeing is it's, it's one extreme to the other. I it is. Where we going? It's quite timely, isn't it? Because you know we talk about bureaucracy, we talk about performance reviews, and this is the week where we've actually got a minister for leveling up. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. minister for leveling up, and it's Michael Gove who used to play D and D. So what system is he going to level the country up with? Yeah. Um, we're not allowed to mention the G word <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast. The trigger um, for Dave. Comrades. Yeah. So, wow. Pendragon. It has been mentioned several times. Yeah, I like it. Uh, do you know, it's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? That, that lots of people you know, from very sort of diverse sorts of backgrounds of you know everything from goth loving vampire gamers through to those sort of space gamer <laughs> nerds through to you know demon worshipping uh, followers. Lots of things that come out actually about um, not just adventuring lots of games have been, have been mentioned because of you know king of dungeons about crew pendragon about what happens in downtime uh, and there's there've been lots of other examples actually so you know we need to maybe think about you know at frank frankenstein's rpg having some kind of sort of uh, communal element to it at the end of the uh, uh, at the end can of I, can i make one more play it's just occurred to me that the brownie points of Ghostbusters fits very well with the drama points of Angel. They're very mm. similar. See very, that? very, very <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> very, very, very sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You gotta try. You gotta try. <laughs> the Lord loves a Honestly. <laughs> okay, so we, we we have five to choose from, I think. So uh, Graham quite a while ago now fate still sticking with fate okay tam's in with ghostbusters yeah and uh, your rather fruity mechanic uh sam we're going with pendragon yeah uh winter markets and all that uh i'm i'm liminal uh, and chris uh, monster of the week yeah okay so uh, in fact i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go in in reverse order there chris so uh What's your vote going to be? Obviously, it can't, unfortunately, be uh, sort of powered by the apocalypse stroke monster of the week. Uh, Liminal, Pendragon, Ghostbusters or Fate? OK, to give you a quick answer, I'm going to go Liminal. And that'll be a brownie point for you. Uh, Sam, uh, obviously you can't vote for Pendragon, so Fate, Ghostbusters, uh, Liminal, monster of the week. 
Funny enough, I would have gone for Warhammer. Um, Damson had picked mm -hmm. that one. That, that is a fantastic career system. However, Ghostbusters is basically a one-shot game, um, and no one is ever going to spend experience in it anyway. So I can't go for that one. I'm going to pick. But you think Frankenstein's going to be more than one shot? I that is brilliant. <laughs> Aspirational. Come on. Aspirational. Yeah, so, so I'm going to go for liminal in the end. <gasps> My God. I didn't think we were anywhere near here. Okay, Tamsin. Now you can't vote for yeah. your... Actually, if you, if you if you twinned Ghostbusters uh, with uh, the Swingers initiative <laughs> of... Uh... <laughs> if, if anyone, if any of the writers are still alive and listening uh, to this, it's not all about getting points for sleeping with people. Um, that is just one aspect if you choose to go down that path. One important aspect of yes. um, <laughs> Fate, Pendragon, Liminal, so I think I, I think if I was drinking, I'd choose that one. Um, so I really like Monster of the Week. I love the idea of if you're failing, you're getting rewarded for it. Yeah. But Fate... That's got to be my vote because yeah. I just love the fate system as a whole. Uh, I'm going to have to jump in, keep the suspense going. I'm going for Pendragon, uh, principally because I like the idea of that downtime. Um, and I think that would be quite an interesting way of, of dealing with, I, I, like everybody else, I'm not a big one on player advancement. As I said, I, I don't anticipate the characters <laughs> hanging around long enough. So, uh, but I'm good. Aspirational, Pendragon. Graham, you have the chance now to be kingmaker. You can't vote for fate. So yeah. fate has fate has one one point so far. Uh, Ghostbusters uh, has none. Pendragon has one. Liminal has two. Monster of the week has zero. Is it tactical to take it to a revote? Uh, I'm just. No, I'm just uh, not even thinking that. I, Ghostbusters, I would be tempted to pick, but probably not for the advancement system. But it's, it's just a, it's just such fun. Um, but I probably probably need to focus on advancement systems. Uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll you'll lose all credibility if you pick it. It's fine, Graham. I understand. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you, you come on this podcast. There's no credibility there. <laughs> it's tempting to it's tempting to face the peril. But I, I, no, I, again, I love Pendragon. It goes, I go way back with it. Uh, I love Doctor Mitch, so it's tempting. I don't know. I'm tempted to. Uh, my 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 uh, my other game would have been a PBTA game, which I would have talked about, which is Uncharted Worlds. So I'm going to go with Monster of the Week, which means you've opened a door for uh, Liminal. Liminal with two votes. Uh, becomes our our what's a big size for <laughs> I think I think this podcast is biased. That's all I'm going to say. Listen, listen, give a starving dog a rubber bone for goodness sake. Liminal is mentioned every single time. And thus <laughs> the sales of Liminal go through the roof. <laughs> for which I have shares. <clears throat> I don't I don't have any shares. Brilliant. Fantastic. So we have two. So the scenario we're going for, uh, Chris, that was your uh, make your own luck. Uh, we do now need, obviously, to uh, to uh, to think about the game. Do we call it Golem? Do we have an underpinning? Mm, the race to find body parts. 
Interesting, and and of course we also have uh, the uh, player advancement, which uh, which comes from Liminal, uh, which I suggested, which is rather lovely. Thank you. Brilliant. So uh, all that remains for me to do is to say thank you very very much indeed for for coming on and uh, brilliant. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank yeah, you very much. Great. Yeah, it's thanks. Thank you. So, have fun editing. That's all I'm going to say. With, with, with that gap there, it sounded like you were going to say, mm, "Why did I waste my time?" <laughs> no, no. Like I said, I I realise I'm here for the oddity. It's fine. <laughs> You've got one in. I know, and Angel. I'm still shocked. Still the biggest upset, I, I think. I think so. The Twitter was very pleased. Uh, it but, was a good reaction. Very pleased. Yeah, mainly because they they've not you know. They've not it was all the goths. Played the game. It, it was the goths and the shirts came out. It was the Spear of Destiny fans. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you all ever so much. Really appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you all soon. Thanks, David. Thank Thanks, you. Bye. See you later. Bye. 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 Hey, just listened to your episode four, Combat and Failing Forward. Great episode over on my podcast. My most listened episode is still my Rollmaster retrospective where I got six other podcasters to come on and reminisce about Rollmaster and Merp and we all love it. We played a game of Merp last year, uh, an um, investigative scenario in Gondor in, in, in Minas Tirith. Had a great time. Um, still love Merp. So it warmed my heart greatly to hear Merp is the combat system of the Frankenstein RPG. And as far as failing forward, well, the Grognard in me has to agree with that. I, I think there's some interest, interesting parts to failing forward occasionally, but I think doing it every time gets old quick. So thank you for your show. I'm really enjoying it. Looking forward to the next one. So... There you have it. That was episode 10. I hope uh, hope you enjoyed it. Sheer madness, of course. A, uh, a scenario from the 13th age. Uh, and the development mechanics from Liminal. Well, who, who could have seen that coming? Uh, thanks again to Tamsin, Chris, Graham and Sam. Uh, we're getting closer to finishing now and, and your contributions will really have helped us push over the line. So thank you for that. Uh, next up, there'll be a few uh, Knitting It Together episodes before we have a bumper crossover with the Grognard Files at Grogmeet up in uh, self-styled greatest city of the world, Manchester. And that's uh, that's in November. So happy days. Again, if, if you do want to leave us a message at Anchor, please do. We're uh, Frankenstein's RPG. Also on Twitter, at Frankenstein RPG. And uh, happy to take feedback and obviously reviews too uh, on as many... Uh, on as many topics as you like it's all getting quite exciting now uh again thanks for listening and um see you soon <laughs>